Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, a conversation where good thoughts help renew the mind with the Word of God. I'm Charlie Carter, and I'm here with Tim Little and Andy Stearns. Let's jump into the conversation. Welcome to the Thinklings Podcast, episode number 12. Today is a special episode. We're not going to do things that we've normally done. We are not going to talk about books today. So, Tim, you can cry over there and I know you want to talk about books. No business. No business. (laughs) Today we're going to talk about our favorite, most important college and or seminary memories. Most important, just most important ones. Uh, What sticks out to us? When we think back to our college days, we think back to Hmm. our freshman, sophomore, whatever year, we think back to being in seminary, what sticks out? What do we remember? College and seminary. That's all you remember. You remember college and seminary. That was a long time ago, Charlie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so for me, I'm right around 10 years away from my freshman year of college. You got at a decade. And it's, and it's more for the other guys oh, man, here. My freshman year was 2000, 2001. So we are literally, this fall will be 20 years for me from my freshman year. That's unreal. Your face. You look like you've seen a ghost. It doesn't... I don't know. I don't know why. It just doesn't seem like you guys are that much older than me. It's it's the immaturity, Charlie. <laughs> okay. Horrendous. That's very exalting for me. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't know. Actually, you may not be that mature. We could we all be in the pit. Might have descended to your level. <laughs> okay. So who wants to go first? Stearns, you, you go first. <clears throat> Give us something. Okay. So... I remember, uh, <laughs> you know those times where you don't realize you're breaking a rule, uh, and you, you're breaking a rule. So I, I'm coming into one of my 7 a.m. classes, and I hadn't shaved, and I'm past now. Pastor Ben Hartwig's sitting next to me, and uh, he he just looks over at me, and he does the like you know rub your face like your chin, and he's like pointing out that I haven't shaved, and I'm thinking. Was he an RA at the time? Well, see, that's where the story goes. Is I didn't know he's an RA, so he he just kind of strokes his chin, chin a little, and I'm thinking, why? Okay, yeah, yeah, but yeah, Ben, I forgot to shave, and he did this every day for like two weeks, and I'm thinking, why every day, man? And when I don't shave, he notices, and it's just the weirdest thing. And then the student comes up with this slip, and he's like, okay, I got this done. Does that mean? Like, is this the fine now? And Ben's like, oh, yeah, that'll be what it is then. Yep. Or what? He, some little thing. And I realized oh, Ben's an RA. And so I'd been literally like not in college procedure. I wasn't shaving right next to the RA. So I remember that was pretty dumb. So I didn't get fined, though. He was super gracious. And so I learned that people are gracious. And it's a I have a thing. very similar story to that. It's actually <laughs> my first day as a freshman at Faith. I, it, it's a very embarrassing story on multiple levels. I walked into Benson for lunch. I just finished my first day of classes. At the time, it was Dean Lance and Dean Sean, now Pastor Sean and Pastor Lance, who he is my pastor currently at uh, Maranatha. And I was like, I'm going to be like the teacher's pet. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in the good graces of the deans. <laughs> I'm going to sit with them. So I went up, I got my tray, got my food, I walked it over and I sat the tray down. I went back to get a drink. And what had just happened 
before I walked in is that they had mopped the floor. But they did not put a wet floor sign out. And so all of the floor by the drink machines was wet. And I walk over there. I just got this confidence. Like, I'm just going, like, full stride. And I biff it. Oh, no. And my whole left side (laughs) is now, like, very tangibly soaked. Like, it's all wet. Like, my khakis are, like, you can see it. And I, I'm like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I get up, I get my drink, I go back and I sit down. And I'm just like, Whew. and Dean Sean, he's got this stare, he's staring at me. He's like <laughs> squinting and he's like looking across the table. And I'm expecting something like, are you okay? And he squinting, leans forward and he goes, Mr. Carter, did you shave today? <laughs> Are you kidding? And I had not. So good. I had not shaved. I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, make sure you take care of that for tomorrow. I was just like, so. And I'm I'm great friends with Sean. There's no. I just I just I don't know why I remember that, but it's a shaving story. Oh, that's so good. For those of you who aren't familiar with our particular Bible college, we do have a rule. We had a rule then. It's different now that men had to be clean shaven. Well, I mean, I guess. Both genders should be clean shaven, but there's no oh rules about beards for women. There are beard rules for men. Horrendous. Horrendous is right. So about you, Tim? Oh, um, memory. So Bible college, I went to college in 1998. So that's before both of you. I'm past my 20 year anniversary. Did um, you Did you graduate high school in 98? I did. Yeah. So we graduated the same year. I yeah. just You took years off. I did a, a community college year and then a full-time work mm-hmm. year. I went to uh, Practical Bible College. It's now called Davis College, and I kind of killed myself. I kind of killed myself in there and pushed pushed through the, de- the degree. Uh, I think I remember taking twenty six credits one semester. Oh, so it wasn't as bad as everybody thought that it was. But I, I worked hard. I remember one of the philosophies I had as I went through college was, if I'm if it's if I'm not tired enough to sleep through the noise, then I'm not tired enough to sleep. I might as well get up and join them. <laughs> We had a lot of fun. There was wrestling in the dorm and video games pretty late. But sometimes the studies didn't begin until one or two at night when people were starting to fall asleep. So we're, we're living in the era of, well, okay, I guess I'm even a little bit removed. When you say playing video games at night, hmm. kids today are expecting like maybe like an Xbox One or I guess there's new, new consoles coming out or like some like, you know, League of Legends, Fortnite, something like that. What was the council or the system in the games that students played in 1998? Oh, no, we weren't playing consoles. We actually uh, created a network in the dorm, in the guys' dorm. There was not yet a network. Okay, so I know you guys can't imagine a life without the internet, um, but there wasn't. And so I literally brought my dad's drill home and, and without permission, drilled holes through the walls of the dorm <laughs> and ran Ethernet wires through the dorm <laughs> and <laughs> rewired the dorm. You're, you're literally doing the job of the IT department. We did, actually. And I actually worked for uh, for a little while while I was there. I worked for the IT guy. He didn't care. And um, But it's like cinder blocks and stuff that we were drilling holes through. And I had a 16-port hub with a Linux server, one of the guys Whoa. named Linux. We actually had quite the system. We had a shared yeah, drive and had a little mini network. And the main game that we played was Unreal Tournament. 
Oh man, back Unreal. In those days. That was a that was a game. What what that is that? I have no it's I've a, never heard of this. It's a first person shooter. First game. person shooter. First person mm-hmm. shooter. What what was it like a predecessor to something or yeah. uh, the engine, the Unreal engine today. I'm I'm a bit removed still from around, the gaming. That engine is still pretty 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 common in a lot of games. It was groundbreaking at the time, so Especially when you're coming from the like Super Nintendo and the Nintendo 64 and all that. So I played way too many too many games in my high school and college, and even seminary years. <clears throat> and so that was part of the uh, refining process, which uh, God <laughs> shaped me. Actually, on that note, Doctor Little and I did a THM at the same time at Central Baptist Theological Seminary. This is an embarrassing story. We went up for class, and we brought Tim's Xbox with us, thinking that at night we wouldn't have anything to do when we play video games. And we didn't have this one. We had this one assignment sort of done, but we didn't really understand it. And uh, we thought, oh, we'll just play video games tonight, and it won't be that big of a deal tomorrow. Tim, how would you describe the next day of class? Like, what what, what would you what words would you use to describe how well it went? <laughs> I think that was a harder. It was not. Yeah, we didn't know what we were talking Blood about. Bath. We just kind of just merciless destruction. (laughs) We realized we needed to keep our mouths shut and just try to survive the day. The book was so confusing that one of us said, you know, they probably just assigned it because they haven't read it and they wanted us to read it. And so we thought, oh, yeah, someone's going to read it. And we showed up and every professor in the class had a copy and knew it really well. And we knew we were in so much trouble. It was the kind of book that you literally had to uh, parse out the sentences to follow the sentence structure and the argumentation. So it was only like a 150, 200 page book, but it was something that you needed to study, not just read. Okay, so I did a quick Google search and I knew I had heard of Unreal I, I knew I'd heard oh, that. Bro. Still looking up the game. Give me a so, break. No, this is a huge. This is a huge development in gaming. Yeah. Because it used to be that you would pay like a yearly subscription to use the engine, and the creator of the Unreal Engine eventually decided to go away from that, make it like a free platform for people to create their own games, and that he would get royalties from a game after it made a certain amount of money, and he hit the motherload because it's the same Unreal Engine that created Fortnite. Oh, so that's and so like someone developed using the same engine, and I I don't know who, but Fortnite is by far the most famous game now today in 2020 with Unreal Engine. I would I would assume, but yeah, so that did I knew I had heard that before. Anyway, that so another memory, another memory. I've got a memory here. Go for it. And so I have to mention one of the best things about college. You guys just mentioned. You were in your THM together, and, and, and the best part about going through college is the war stories. Yep. Of, you know, the, the war stories. I mean, maybe that's a little insensitive, but you're going through all of these struggles and classes with people. And I had uh, many good friends, but there was one particular friend, Jonathan, who the first year we were both here, we started getting together pretty much every day and very like minded, loved the same things. And we were in a lot of the same pastoral classes together. He is currently a pastor in Michigan. And I just remember we were both in Andy's Greek class in 2011. First year I taught it, yeah. And we had a couple of rules for ourselves to make sure we would get our homework done. And as incentive, what we would do is we would order Domino's pizza. And our pizza of choice was ham and green olives. You say that doesn't sound quite that good, but it was awesome. And they just started that year with this stuffed cheesy bread. Oh. Yeah, jalapeno cheddar 
cheesy bread. And we would order this, we would open it, the pizza and the cheesy bread. We'd put it on the floor, and the rule was we could not eat it until our Greek homework was done. And there were some very painful nights where we were like, we probably didn't get the lesson as well as we should have because we were like, ah, it's good enough. Let's go. Let's go on to number 10. You know, let's get done with this. <laughs> and, but we, many nights doing our Greek homework together. And uh, th- those are just, I mean, a lot of those days in Greek class were pretty fun too. We would make little doodles in our oh Greek my. books. And I have some of them now. <laughs> And they're, they're spectacular. There's one, I, I can't unpack the meaning of it, but it's Abraham Lincoln punting a dog off of a bridge. And I guess my best uh, description would be maybe sometimes when you're taking Greek class, you feel like punting a dog off of a bridge. Wow. But that, the little things, Greek class was a, was a treasure trove of, of great memories for us. Hey, current students, uh, if you're listening to this and you're a student, that's actually a really good way to motivate yourself to do your homework. Get a buddy, order something you want, and then don't let yourself touch it till you do your homework. That's actually not too bad. If you like cold pizza. No, you like warm pizza. That's why you get the homework done. Well, you, you order the pizza. You, you have your books. You're ready to go. And you call in the order. And the goal is like, okay, you've got like a 30, 40-minute window. Okay, okay. How much can you get done in 30, 40 minutes? Yeah. And then, oh, it got here. Okay, we've got to finish these last three. We got it. You know, that time of night when you're like, oh, I'm tired. I'll just, I'll just take a zero on those. You know, it's like, no, you can't because you're gonna waste this pizza. Okay, that's nice. That's good. I like it. Um, another, another good memory. I think you had mentioned uh, Jonathan and you guys like went through it a lot together. You know, you were studying. I would say that. Um, in seminary, in Dr. Myron's classes, we would, I had back-to-back Dr. Myron classes. So I had systematic one, and then I had systematic two or three the next hour. And so, man, you're, you're, you, you made it through the first hour, and you got this 10-minute break. And so me and a couple other guys would blast down to the Casey's, but it used to not be Casey's. It used to be called a Handy Mart. And we would get a giant Dr. Pepper or Mountain Dew or whatever and like donuts or crackers or whatever, and then run back. And uh, those were always fun little like handy mart runs. Those were good, good times. Like I feel like college isn't really college without the snacks. There's this 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 college snack thing that will always stick with you. You know, you see those packaged crackers or those pops and the the sodas and the foam cups at the gas station. You just always remember. You know, for you it's the Domino's cheesy bread. Tim, I don't know what it is for you broccoli when you were sick or i don't know <laughs> what tim used to eat well yeah tim what Tell was your us. what was your cure when you were sick in college <laughs> okay i had a horrible diet and he's not talking about college he's talking about seminary because he didn't know me in college that's true and i think it's funny how our college experiences are filled with eating junk food and playing video games it sounds like a time where we, we created really bad habits but <laughs> <laughs> anyway god matured us and grew us yep. through those things and so anyway, don't don't see this as some sanctioning of uh, some of these things. Anyway, I was a horrible at uh, my my diet was horrible when I was in seminary. I got very little sleep. In fact, this will be one of my memories. Just something that I learned is that I can do way more than I thought that I ever could. I think that's one of the um, benefits of uh, continuing higher education. I believe it's also one of the benefits of. Um, some people, they go through the program very slowly, so then they can do a really, really good job. And there's definitely value to that. But pushing yourself through the program helps you to see how much you have to trust in the Lord and rely upon Him 
for the strength to get through the tasks. Also, you learn that you can do certain tasks faster um, because you have to, you're forced to. So uh, for me, I mean, I remember I would sometimes fast, not for some spiritual reason, but just because then I didn't have to take the time to eat. Uh, One semester I had Latin and Acadian and a host of other credits. I was taking too many credits really is what it was. And I was only getting like three or four hours of sleep every night, night after night. I'd, I'd have Dr. George Houghton for Baptist Faith and Practice at 7 a.m. And so I'd, after, after getting like three hours of sleep, go and sit in that class. And I was just amazed that I was actually awake. And I really think that God just gave strength. I mean, I, I'd sit there and I'd look at the back row and like everybody's zonked out. And I'm listening to him. And I'm like, man, he's really giving good stuff. And I don't know why I, I'm awake and they're sleeping because I'm guessing I got less sleep than they did. But I really think that God gives strength to get you through those times. And that was one of the things that I learned. And because I ate so horribly, my spaghetti, I'd make a big pot of spaghetti and then stick it in the fridge. And I'd have spaghetti like three or four times during the week. Spaghetti's not the best meal, by the way. It's nutritional values, not very high (laughs) ramen soup, not very good nutritional value. I kept crackers at work. So then I'd snack on crackers for my lunch and then I wouldn't have to take a lunch break. And then I could just take, I would always take a power nap and then work on some kind of reading or assignment or whatever at work. So that gives you an idea what my diet was regularly like horrendous. (laughs) And so when I get sick, what would I do? (laughs) Broccoli, man, protein, broccoli. Yeah. You're you're serious. You would just straight up eat broccoli. (laughs) Yeah, I just buy some broccoli and various other veggies, whatever. They give the me the nutritional value. Oranges. Raw? Yeah, raw broccoli. It's oh good. My I like raw broccoli. <laughs> raw broccoli is actually really good. Oh. Yeah, it is really good. I like it. And actually, um, broccoli is a superfood. Did you know that? It's actually super, super healthy. So you actually were on to something, even though we all made fun of you for walking around with your giant head of broccoli. I was exactly the opposite. When I got sick, I had a philosophy, which is wrong. <laughs> This podcast your, is horrendous. Give your body exactly what it wants. It's sick. It knows what it wants. Listen to it. That was my philosophy. So if I'm sick and I'm like, man, I really want a Big Mac, I would go get a Big Mac. <laughs> and if I was like, you know what? I really want ice cream. I would go get ice cream. Horrendous. Now, there were times my body was craving. There are There is something to be said about this. Like there's times when your body you're like really needs salt or really needs some nutrition and it will crave those things. And there were times when I was like, man, I really want something like a vegetable or salty, but that was my principle. And that, that just, if you, if you're not trained in understanding your cravings, that's a really poor principle to operate by. But okay. So I actually have a very, a health, a health story that intersects with Tim here. So when I was in seminary, I, I was taking a medicine. It was a muscle relaxant. I had an injury. It wasn't really an injury. I had cramped, and we don't really know why I, my legs had cramped, but they did not uncramp that night. I went to bed with fully cramped legs, which if you've never had that sensation, that is super weird. You wake up the next morning, and my my legs were tingling, like numb, like when I woke up. I could walk. Everything functioned fine, but I couldn't feel anything. And so I was given a muscle relaxant to try and relax those muscles. And I'm in seminary. I'm staying up super late. I'm imbibing a lot of caffeine. And I think I might have had something else that was ailing me. And so I was taking some aspirin, Tylenol, that type of stuff. On one particular night, it's 3 a.m. I'm working on a paper for, I believe it was hermeneutics for Dr. Doug. And 
my heart, I thought I was having a heart attack. And I was like, well, I've never been in this position before. I was living up in Ames, which is about 30 minutes away from Ankeny. So I, my, my roommates were asleep. They were both students at Iowa State. And I just like, well, I'm not going to wake them up. So I drove myself to the hospital. And they're like, no, you're fine. It's just these, these two medications together really exacerbated some problems. And it's like, you, you felt this way. And it, well, you're fine. But from the ER bedroom, I took a selfie <laughs> and I posted it in our Hebrew classes discussion. And it, the post was just, I'm not going to be in class tomorrow. <laughs> and Tim was the teacher. And I'm like, I thought I was like super clever. I was like, oh, this will be great. And it was, it was a super funny moment. I went home, went to bed. And then that next day I was getting texts like, are you okay? Like, <laughs> You didn't give any explanation, no context. Just, like, I'm not going to be in class. <laughs> I, I, well, we could probably pull it up. It's probably still in Populi or Canvas, whatever we used. But yeah, it was, that, was, that was probably a very low moment. And it was, it was a lot of poor life decisions coming together, staying up late, bad diet, unhealthy habits. And I, like kind of Tim, how you talked about, you learned a lot from those things, like how you could work. I, that was kind of a, a watershed moment for me of like, you know, sleep and diet are very important for a student, a theologian and a pastor. And that was kind of a turning point for me in my health. Yeah, I've had a few turning points. I like that terminology and the way you kind of think through that turning points. 2003, when I had Latin and Acadian, that was a turning point for me. Um, my PhD studies, I was trying to do too much and I was having some uh, chest pains. And I think it was stress. I'm not, I'm pretty sure it was stress. Uh, just doing too much. That was kind of a watershed moment where I realized, hey, you know what? I need to rest. I need to have more time sleeping and I need to drink less coffee. That was actually part of it too. Coffee. Yep. I've had to do that. I love coffee, but I got to drink less of it. I used to go to Caribou Coffee and this was Andy. This is you who got me on this. Do you know why Caribou Coffee is to be preferred over other coffee chains? Free refills. They give you free refills. That's right. No matter what size you purchased. (laughs) And I can remember going into Caribou Coffee and three large cups of coffee later, my hands shaking and I was like (laughs) wow this is good coffee not recognizing that that was a poor decision yeah I only think I need one cup and then my hands would start to shake maybe two and then so mm, that's a problem this is not about me but I was teaching so this is a memory about teaching but there was a student in class one year in summer school and it's like Thursday of summer school and we're doing apologetics and it's just a tiring week you know eight hours a day and this guy doesn't drink coffee, but all his other friends in the class do. And so he finally turns to one student and says, hey, can you get me a cup of the coffee, whatever you drink? And so the other student puts like half cream or half coffee in the cup. So he's, you know, because you don't like coffee, you're not going to like it. So this guy like pounds back a coffee. He's like, this is great. Can I have more? And none of us are paying attention. He drinks five cups, I think. Of, he's never drank coffee before. And he drinks like five half cups of coffee with creamer. <laughs> I get a Facebook message at 2 a.m. I'm pacing my apartment and I can't sleep. I'm never drinking the stuff again. It was so good. I remember in Latin, I had Latin with Dr. Paul. It was like the only time he taught Latin. And we had, um, it was kind of a weird schedule thing, but we had like a module in the evenings and we had pizza one night. Somebody 
was to buy Mountain Dew, and instead of getting like a 12-pack, they bought a two-liter for each person. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> That's not the funny part. The one guy chugged the thing. I, all of a sudden, oh. he threw his bottle. I'm like, what the world? And he's like, oh, yeah, it's all gone. He drank the whole thing? He drank the whole thing. He like chugged the whole thing in like half an hour or an hour, and I just like craziness. He, he probably didn't sleep. I don't know. Well, when we're, when we're young... Those things don't affect us as much as they do now. Like, if Correct. I was to drink, I, I take three or four sips of coffee now. It's in the evening. I wouldn't be able to sleep tonight. I know. I know definitively that would not happen. If I was to drink, like I, we've done this recording the podcast. I've drink Mountain Dew late at night, and that's an, I, I know. Never just, good. It's bad. I, I won't sleep. I would say so. Like uh, shifting to like, like this is like these are kind of funny memories, but this is like a. I don't know what you want to say, like a, a significant one, a good one. So I remember, as I think back, I think of how gracious my professors were. I was very unaware of like decorum as a person. I didn't understand decorum in the context in which I grew up. I just didn't pay attention to those things. I was in Dr. Cole's office and we were talking about some theology thing. And uh, we were talking about different professors with different views of this topic. And I just said, okay, so your view is this. And then Okay, yeah, I heard Newman say this, and he questioned, he said, Dr. Newman? And I was like, yeah, Dr. Newman. And in my mind, I had this little voice saying, like, well, there's only one Dr. Newman. How did he not know that? And so we, we're going through the conversation. I'm like, yeah, but Newman, blah, blah, blah. And he says, Dr. Newman? And in my mind, I thought he knew. And then I realized I just wasn't, I was being, like, very flippant in how I wasn't saying it. And there's just all kinds of little things we do as students that I did. That my professors are like super gracious to just overlook, and so I always thought that was a, a good thing. Yeah, that's always a really tricky balance, even as a professor. Yep. When do you bring out the hammer, and when do you be gracious? So that's, yeah. But there's always that time for grace where you want to be gracious, and um, as you've been, as others have been gracious to you, we'd be gracious to others. Or like you go to ask a question. And then everyone in the class looks at you and you're like, why is everyone looking at me? And you realize later that someone had asked it already. It had been answered and you just weren't paying attention and you just feel embarrassed. So, so that, that's a good transition. We, we shared some like funny stories and we could, we could easily spend a couple of hours probably talking about fun memories, friends, things like that. Let's wrap this up. We've shared kind of, I mean, Tim and I both shared some like health lessons Let's go, what was the biggest spiritual takeaway lesson that God imparted to you in your ed- education? I probably think it's, of... It's a very broad spectrum, but let's all come up with something there. I think I've got probably two. I'll start with one. Um, I think that I remember questioning, like, the professor will put forward a, a whole bunch of assignments you're going to do. And as a student, you can sit there and think this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. Why am I doing this? But I remember learning uh, the lesson that you just need to trust the professor, even if you don't understand it and do these things because they they know these things and they're doing this to help you. And so an example of that was uh, Dr. Hartog III used to teach Old Testament seminar. And part of what you do in that seminary class is you walk through different dates of when people think Moses and the Exodus took place. And he talks about the liberal views that aren't right. And so a lot of people in the class, and I probably was on the border of being one of these, 
kind of, we, we ask this question like, I don't believe that. Why do I need to study this? This is a waste of my time. And so he's actually giving us answers on why those other views are wrong, but the rest of us are like, who cares? And so he shared the story that oftentimes you don't see the value of these things, but just watch, you're here in class, you've talked about it, and you won't be surprised that God might bring up this question. And sure enough, like that week, someone went back to their church and someone in their church had a question they'd heard on some Discovery Channel show over the Exodus and and he was able to answer the question because of this. So there were multiple times where I think I could have questioned what my teacher said, but by seeing my friends respond the right way, I thought, okay, I need to do this. And in the end, it, it really helped me. There were things that I learned uh, that I needed to know. So I think sometimes jumping to an assessment or a judgment right away, sometimes it's good to withhold that. And I think that was a, a takeaway from seminary. Okay, so mine mine's pretty easy. <clears throat> I, w- I was pretty fresh, pretty raw when I when I got to Bible college, and I think it's really easy to, uh, it's not, I, I know, I overestimated my ability, my knowledge of things, and my own spirituality, and it probably took me, I, I know, it took about three years for some messages to really sink in about pride, humility, and it, it did kind of come to a, to a very particular moment in my junior year where God really just put my sin in front of me and recognizing the need for humility. And I mean, we're never going to be perfect. And that's, you, you can strive and strive and strive for that. And you're not going to be able to obtain it. But I had not been really progressing in humility. And I had to recognize some faults very blatantly to some friends and uh, coworkers. And that was very good for me. And uh, it, it didn't, fix things overnight, but it started a process that had that not happened, you know, when I'm a junior in college, I don't know if I would have gotten as much out of seminary that I did because you need to have a recognition of what you don't know and that you're, you're not at a high level. You have to, you have to, you have to approach it all with this perspective that I, I really know nothing. And that was very good for me without getting in the details of the rules that I broke and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. But anyway, so yeah, if I could summarize it, it'd be lear- learning what humility really is and, and how, to, how to walk in humility around other people. I'm going to hit on uh, 2 Timothy 2.3. This is, uh, I don't know about a theme verse or a favorite verse. I have a lot of favorite verses. It might be considered one of those. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When I went through Bible college, I wasn't a soldier. I was more of a participant or, uh, you know, I, I, I even said I took like 26 credits one semester, but the credits weren't that difficult, and I was really good at getting the assignments done and making it work. And I, you know, I played video games. I messed around. I wasn't a soldier. Even in seminary, you know, I uh, was definitely being sanctified in that way. And I was removing some of the pleasures of this world from my life, but I still had many things that um, distracted me. I'll put it that way. Uh, As second Timothy two, four says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of his life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And uh, this is the spiritual takeaway as I continued my education through my THM, and even as Andy mentioned, playing a video game even during my THM. But uh, then when my PhD hit, 
I remember going to class and uh, at, at uh, Clark Summit, BBS, and talking to um, a, co- a fellow student. And, you know, you normally just say, hey, this is what I do. This is what I do. And I'm kind of explaining my various responsibilities and the things that I do. And at Faith, everybody does like two or three different things. And so I'm just explaining everything. And then he just looks at me like, tell me you're single. I'm like, I'm married and I have five kids. And he just walked out the door and left. And I could see on his face like I was going to be the next spiritual casualty. That's what I saw. And I realized then, too, as I kept removing things from my life and kept growing in this way and becoming a soldier and seeking to please the one who enlisted me, then he, the Lord gave me more responsibilities, more things to do, okay? And so that's the spiritual takeaway that I have, you know. Get the junk out of your life. You don't need that. And be a soldier, Uh, You can do more than you think you can do. Uh, And then on the flip side, I also suspect a spiritual takeaway is that I realize I'm not God and I need to rest. I need to take breaks. And that was another thing that I learned through my PhD. I'll leave it at that. Well, that wraps it up pretty good. Closing thoughts? I would just say the last one that I want to walk away from this episode with is... um, I think uh, ministry friendships, there's something to be said about that. So, and I think, yeah, you're, you're both nodding your head. I, so I've been to multiple colleges and I've done ministries at this one and one other one. And there's something to be said for being in the trenches with other believers doing the work of the Lord. Uh, and sometimes that looks like going through college and seminary together where you're studying together, you're trying to grow together, you're trying to think about ministry together. Other times it's you're working together at a church or you're both doing a ministry together. And it's not to, it's not to diminish any other friendships. I'm not, I'm not at all saying that. But there is something to be said for the kind of friendships you form in college as you're studying God's word, you're learning to grow, as you're trying to figure out how to serve the Lord uh, faithfully in a church one day as you grow up with your family in the church and how, how can you help. There is a difference in those kind of friendships. And I, I don't know how to put my finger on it. But I think they're because the central point of that friendship was you're setting your mind on things above that that focuses the friendship on biblical virtues and biblical goals. And it's just it's a different kind of fellowship. You, you partake and you share in different things. And I'm just I think when I look back at Bible college, that's what I think I remember all my my fellow students who I'm still friends with today and, uh, you know, those sorts of things. Amen. Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We've been talking about our college experiences. Wrap this up for the listener, one of you. And like make just like this strong exhortation of like put it make it personal for them. Like they're making memories, but they need to grab the lessons along the way. Like make it make it personal for them. Put it in like second person for them. Like you are just just wrap it up. You need to delete the video games off your phones. That's the be- one of the best things I did five years ago is I, I quit playing video games on my phone, and you'll be amazed how much more you can do for the Lord. Yeah, I had this one student, and he was not doing well, and I went and sat next to him, and what did he have? He was playing some dumb game on his phone. I'm like, come on, bud. And that's why, you know, Second Timothy 2, 3 and, f- uh, 3 and 4, you know, you're yeah. a soldier, suit up.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Thinklings Podcast. We would love to hear from you. If you have any feedback, suggestions, or potential topics that you'd like us to discuss, you can contact us through our email, thinklingspodcast at gmail.com. Remember, don't let this conversation end with this podcast. Read good books, talk about them with your friends, and always continue to cultivate your mind. See you next time on the Thinklings Podcast.